The sports world has been greening itself for most of the century, but despite these efforts, most fans have no idea. That changes now. Welcome to Green Sports Pod. Hosted by Lou Blaustein, Green Sports Pod highlights the successes, challenges, and opportunities to green the games we love to watch and play, and give you the chance to hear from the athletes who are taking positive environmental actions. Learn more and subscribe to the show today at greensportsblog.com. Welcome to Green Sports Pod. I'm your host, Lou Blaustein, and I am thrilled to have Brent Suter, pitcher for the first place Milwaukee Brewers, and also an eco-athletes champion and a member of Players for the Planet, and one of the truly great environmentalists among pro athletes anywhere in the world. And now he is a published author of Binky Bandit, a children's book with an environmental theme. Brent, welcome to Green Sports Pod. Thanks, Lou. Thanks for having me. Definitely. And it's, it's an exciting week here with the book launch. And like you said, our team playing well. So hopefully the summer keeps going well. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll go well on the book side. And I have faith in the brew crew for the long haul. So let's get into it a little bit. First, for our listeners who might not know your story, how did you get into climate change and when? I always loved nature growing up. always loved animals, gardening, all that stuff. But in 2006, I watched An Inconvenient Truth, which is a documentary by Al Gore, just outlining everything that was going on on the planet. And that from that point on, I remember just like it was on my heart to help this issue. You know, I, I was thinking about the future, you know, kids, like generations down the line. And just I wanted them to have a healthy planet like I've been blessed to have growing up. So I knew I wanted to study it in college, which I did. And I knew I wanted to go whatever profession I chose. I wanted to have an environmental activism about it. And Sure enough, baseball worked out and been trying to do my part with environmental activism and calling attention to the issues. And yes, yeah, been a dream come true in terms of like using this platform for it, but there's still a lot more I could do and I'd want to do. And what's it been like, I would say as an early environmentally climate focused athlete to bring that to your teammates and other players in the league, you know, to talk about it with them over the years? Yeah, I'm very open with my teammates talking about it. I get a lot of questions on like why I always have a bottle in my hand, reusable bottle, why I do like reusable Tupperware, why I take shorter showers, all that stuff, and why I don't eat much meat at all. I just kind of eat chicken and turkey on occasional days, but they always, you know, question that and it opens up really good conversations and I'm totally open about it. And I found that the more I'm dedicated to, you know, my actions and having environmental purpose to everything I do in life, the more they respect it and the more they're kind of engaged or wanting to explore it. And really, since I got called up in the big leagues, I've received a ton of support from teammates about, you know, these issues and really a lot of help along the way from teammates, whether it be like financial donation campaigns for reforestation or support showing up for events or just kind of reposting stuff that I'm posting up there and social media. I've gotten tons of support, definitely some good natured ribbing as well. <laughs> you know, some definitely people calling me the eco geek or whatever you want to call it, but definitely way more positive than good. And even the that's or the eco raptor, because Brent is known as <laughs> Brent is known as the raptor for those of you who are not deeply into the brewers. Right. Right. Yeah. Got the raptor nickname from that was from my style of running. Nothing to do with the planet on the raptor nickname, but certainly with the running, I kind of run uphill, it looks like. So my friend and teammates started calling me Raptor back in the day and it's kind of stuck. Well, Brent 
your activism has been an example for many athletes that I've talked to in my work with eco athletes. And one of the groups that you're involved with is Players for the Planet, which you've taken mm -hmm. a leadership role in there as well. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, my relationship started with them four or five years ago. My teammate, Ryan Braun, knew Chris Dickerson, who headed up, founded Players for the Planet years ago. And basically, I just shot him a text. I was launching kind of a strikeout waste campaign at the same time, trying to encourage teammates and fans and, and coaches to use reusable bottles instead of throwaway plastic bottles. So Because they're all uh, over that dugout. I see the bottles yeah. in the dugouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Not a good got, look. No, no, we want, we want the reusables, not the throwaways. So we've gotten better at it, but it's still not where we want to be. But I was launching that at that point. And Chris said, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you on board. And since then, I've done multiple beach cleanups with them down to Dominican Republic, done some carbon offset programs or doing like an urban reforestation program, kind of donating per save or hold or win, depending on the player, donating a certain amount of trees to the urban reforestation program and whatever we have left over, we are planting in Western Wisconsin at a huge reforestation project. So really excited about that. And I've done some work with them on the you know, activism side. I'm on their board. Also involved with uh, Urban Ecology Center, which is a great program in Milwaukee. I'm on their board and on their fundraising team there. They do some great work connecting you know, urban youth with nature. So involved in as many great programs as I can, like you mentioned, eco-athletes. Trying to be involved and in wherever people are helping, I want to help. Help people help in the climate issues is where I want to be. And mentioning eco-athletes, and as many of the listeners know, I founded that organization two years ago to inspire and coach athletes to lead climate action. And Brent is not only an eco-athletes champion, he is on the eco-athletes advisory board. And Brent, how has it been to you know, meet athletes from all over the world and from different sports, not at all related to baseball, who are trying to kind of move this issue? Oh, it's been great. Super inspiring. I'm super impressed by the, the athletes all over the world who really know their stuff, really want to help the climate issues, are dedicated to cause, whether it being eco-athletes or players for the planet. All these organizations have a bunch of different sports involved. And just to see the passion they have for these issues, it's inspiring and kind of helps everybody to keep keep each other going. You know what I mean? And kind of the passion fuels the passion and it's really inspiring because sometimes it can feel a little lonely out there being kind of an athlete who's speaking out on climate change. It's, Hopefully one day it is, but it's not just, it's just not the hugely popular position for athletes to take right now, or just like, it's not like maybe the most pressing issue that athletes seem to be taking, at least in baseball, but certainly there's, there's some call to action here with the climate issues. And hopefully it becomes a really, really popular issue for athletes to speak out about. Well, I think from knowing you and from working with you on Eco Athletes, I can imagine it won't be too long before I talk to a younger athlete who's coming up through college, say, yeah, you know what? I got inspired to do this by Brent Suter. I see that happening because you are so eloquent about it and you're so consistent with it and your messages can do instead mm -hmm. of you must do, which is a huge, huge difference. I think that is inspiring to people. Okay. One other thing before we get to the book which is your work with SC Johnson, which I know is a Wisconsin-based home products company. Yep. And talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so they reached out to the brewers and me, myself, a couple of years ago, wanted to get involved in kind of a recycling program at the stadium. So we implemented a, like a waste-free crew recycling program where the 
plastic cups from the games would be upcycled into scrubbing bubbles bottles, which was really cool. And they did some great campaigns about that and did a save the oceans campaign where they donated money for every save we got to the beach cleanups that we do with players of the planet and Dominican Republic. So that was really cool. And now that relationship has just grown and expanded. Now there was a waste-free crew education program, which educated thousands and thousands of Milwaukee kids this spring about environmental issues and got them involved in some really hands-on, really cool creative activities, partnered with Earth Echo for that. So we had a great event at the stadium a couple of weeks ago, kind of culminating that program. And then they're helping launch a sustainability council going on with the brewers, where we're going to just take a look at everything that's going on with the brewers, you know, stadium operations, clubhouse operations, everything, and just try to make it as sustainable as possible. And I see Johnson is going to be there every step of the way. So they've just been an incredible partner. Their CEO, Fist Johnson, came to the beach cleanup in December and just super involved, super passionate about uh, the plastic waste problem, but in particular, but just climate issues in general. So they really are walking the walk and, and talking the talk and being a really big help to our environmental stand here at the Brewers. I want to hear more about that in a separate conversation. It, <laughs> sounds, it sounds fantastic. And I could imagine that that could either expand to other, you know, Wisconsin or Milwaukee area teams or other major league teams in baseball. But now let's pivot to Binky Bandit, the <laughs> book that is being published almost as we speak. Brent now a published author and a children's book author at that. Talk about where did this idea come from? What was the inspiration for it? Yeah, so I, I wrote a story for Liam back in the day because I was reading some of these kids' books and some of them just didn't make sense. I'm like, I'm just going to write something for him that he can maybe latch on to and be a little more personal for him. And Liam is how uh, old? Liam is now three and a half, but I was doing this when he was just a couple months old. Kind of the, the idea stuck, kind of played in my head. And then at the same time, I was kind of thinking these thoughts. My dog, Wally, was just destroying about four or five of his binkies a day. We were just running out of binkies left and right. Some about the binky... He just could not keep his mouth off of it. And he'd keep them in his mouth, walk around with them in his mouth and destroy them. It was the funniest thing. So I decided to write a little book about it and then put an environmental message on it. And then I told a in a Milwaukee Magazine article, I told them that I read the story at night to Liam. I don't know what, what the context was exactly, but a publishing company in Milwaukee got wind of it or read the article, reached out to me and said, hey, can we read your book? And so I sent him the Google Doc of the, the poem or the story I wrote. And they got back and said, hey, we're interested in publishing this. Are you interested? And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So wow. they reached out. They Who's got the illustrator who did a, they got the illustrator who did an incredible job. They you know set up everything. It was super easy. They've been great to work with. And yeah, here we are about a year and a half later and coming out with the book. It's been really, really fun process and something I didn't seek out to do at all, but kind of just landed in our laps and it's been really, really fun. And what's the name of the publishing company? Orange Hat Publishing. They're based in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which is just, just west of Milwaukee. Orange Hat Publishing. Great. And what is the age group that you would say is, is ideal for this book? Probably like ideal 2 to 10, 2 to 11, but you can read it. Kids younger than that, I've, I've heard, have been really liking the pictures and stuff. And so, I mean, really 0 to 10, 12, something like that. It's it's like a 450, 500 word count. So it's a little longer than maybe your young, young kids books, but it's pretty simple. There's not, not too much vocabulary difficulty or anything like that. And it's really, I'm telling you, the illustrator made this story. It's, it's incredible, great illustrations. And I think kids of all ages will really appreciate those illustrations and follow along with the story. 
And what is the environmental message? So Wally, he feels the impact of his binky destroying, not just with his brother relationship, but with the planet, with all this plastic waste going. He sees it in the garbage and then he kind of takes a little imaginary journey to the sea where he sees fish eating binkies and getting sick and then going to outer space and seeing a pile of trash of binkies super high. And it's like, you know what? Like the best person to stop this trash problem is me. And kind of that's part of his kind of coming, putting the binky bandit or throwing out that alter ego out the door and kind of coming back to sacrificing that temptation or leaving that temptation for the better of the planet and for the family. So cool message there. It was kind of a fun thing with the plastic waste, you know, I mean, kind of easy, easier environmental twist there. Not too much controversy around that one at all. So it was not too hard to work that in. I Maybe Wally did, in fact, in his mind, have an environmental thing. I'm not totally discounted, but I think it was more just he got out of the, the phase of really needing those binkies in his mouth. But he did really actually like quit chewing binkies after a little bit, after a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, I want to know about your toughest critic on this, Liam. What was Liam's review of Binky Ben? I'll tell you what, he was pretty positive. It was, and he's a he, tough crowd, I've heard. Yeah. So I brought it back. I remember when the publishing company gave me like the first draft books or whatever to hand out to book ambassadors and to my family. I brought it home to Liam and his eyes lit up. He was like, that's Wally. That's me. You know, it was really cool for him to see that in, on the pages and reading it. He's, he reads it all the time now and loves the pictures. It's just I don't think he's had a bad word to say about it. He really has enjoyed it. So it's been really good. I've heard very few negative feedback things, but it's Hopefully when it gets to the wider audience, maybe some more can come to light and we can make the edits as necessary. But I think it's been well received so far by kids and adults alike. Now you're in season, but you know, it's my understanding that when an, a book comes out, the author does a book tour, but you travel right. all over the place to right. all these major league cities. Is this part of the book tour? Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, we might do one in like Cincinnati, my hometown, but it's mostly going to be, Milwaukee schools and like a book launch event going on on June 6th at the stadium, which was really nice surprise. We were hoping to get like a hundred RSVPs and I have to cancel the event. And then it sold out within minutes of RSVPs getting out there. So that was really cool. Glad people are going to be there. And like I said, if stuff lands on our laps to do something on the road, we'll do it. But we really want to get involved in like, there's a, you know, save the reading programs and getting the books into maybe kids who don't, have a lot of books at home, trying to do some donation stuff is where we really want to go with it. Fantastic. And then one last question about the book. Is there a sequel already in mind? You know what? Funny you say that. We just had our second child and the Binky Bandit struck again <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> so the sequel might be writing itself here. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, yeah. Yeah. Nothing planned yet though, but it was, it was really funny to see Binky's destroyed again. And now my, my very last question is, how's the spin rate? How's the ball yeah. coming out of your hand? It's been one of those years. I, I can't explain my stuff. Everything is the same, but I'm giving up a lot of cheap hits this year, like a lot of broken bat or a lot of like weak contact hits. And my everything's like way up in terms of like the luck. So hopefully some regression happens here where I get kind of back into some normalcy with like balls in play average and all that stuff. But it's been crazy, crazy weird seasons so far, just like, little doinkers all over the place. And then you ran but, into uh, the railing. Ran into the railing, yeah. Got a line drive off the hand like a couple hours later. Had a kid and then came back and 
had some, you know, weird outings since then. So just kind of some weird stuff going on, but just grinding through it. My changeup has been by far my most improved pitch this year though. That, that pitch has been saving me a lot. And I think I'll just continue throwing more and more because it's just, it, it feels right. You know what I mean? Out of the hand, but the fastball guys seem to be covering that a little better, just kind of adjusting to it. So now time for me to adjust back with the changeups. Well, all I can say about that is, you know, here in the New York area, all the buzz is about the Mets. However, what I want to see is Brewers-Yankees World Series. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Let the boys out in Queens deal with that. In the meantime, let's get back to Binky Bandit. How does someone, if they want to get the book, how do they go about it? Yeah, so Amazon is an easy place to have that. You can, I think you can pre-order it now on Amazon, and then it'll be coming out on Amazon. Target.com will be carrying it. And probably the easiest way, too, is Orange Hat Publishing's website. So just... Google Orange Hat Publishing, and you can order it there, pre-order, or just you know order it after June 6, and they'll have it to you. But yeah, Amazon, Target, Orange Hat, maybe more vendors to come. But yeah, it's on those those sites for sure. Perfect. Well, Brent, thank you for giving us the preview about Binky Bandit. Thank you for your work with Eco Athletes and beyond in this in the climate fight. You are a substantive yet happy warrior in this fight. And that is what is needed. And to you out there at Green Sports Pod, go out and buy the Binky Bandit. Thanks for listening. And we will see you again next time. You've been listening to Green Sports Pod, hosted by Lou Blaustein. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And head on over to greensportsblog.com the source for news and commentary at the intersection of green and sports. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Green Sports Pod.